630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It's Thursday night. For me, that means two things. Thursday night football. Well, that's not happening. The Thursday nighter was played yesterday. Well, last week's Thursday nighter, which means tonight's Thursday nighter is going to be played a little bit later on. Anyway, there's no Thursday night football. So the second thing it means is Star Trek Discovery. That's where I'm heading right after the show, down a flight of stairs in front of the tube, see what's up with Star Trek Discovery. I do. There's one thing that's always bugged me about the Star Trek universe, though, and I know it's science fiction, but they encounter all these alien races. They're warping around the galaxy, and Captain Kirk's going to this planet, and then Captain Picard's going to this planet and Rikers eating insects. And then well, who are the other ones? Uh, captain Janeway. What was the, what was the other guy? Was it Cisco? Was Cisco one of the captains? And then you had Scott Bakula from that other, other show that I never even watched. I, I don't know what the captain's name was. I just call him Scott Bakula. Was it, was it a crossover with the, with that other show he was on quantum leap? If ever, any two shows could ever cross over it's star Trek and quantum leap. So anyway, Here's my my complaint about Star Trek. They encounter all these alien races, and they can always just talk to them. And the explanation is, well, they have a universal translator. They have a universal translator. Okay, fair enough. But then here's the thing. Why are their lips in sync with the English language? Like, if I meet the Magurian fish people, okay, fine. Their language gets translated to English, A, with no delay, that's a little uh, suspicious. And then B, why do their fish lips form the English sounds and the English letters if they're actually speaking their own language? So just a, just a couple things off the top of my head about uh, the Star Trek universe tonight. Other than that, it makes perfect sense. Everything's completely realistic. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Eight minutes after six, it's Inside Sports on Oilers and Double E Radio 630. Ched, you can get in touch by calling or texting 780 780- 496-0063 or just scan with your tricorder for the next available frequency. You can also follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. You can also email inside sports at 630ched.com. Matthew Barnaby is going to join us a little bit later on. Bob Stoffer is on the show. I have the quiz for Stoffer all ready to go. It is hot off the presses. I do have a big actual printing press in my home that I use to print all my material, so it's hot off the presses. And Chris Morris, the head coach of the U of A football team, is on the show. And we're going to have Name the Animal, which has become a wildly popular segment in my own mind, where Kellen Kennedy plays the noise of some animal, and I have to guess what it is. I'm a very uh, ignoble 0 for 2 so far, totally flamed out, with the cougar sound on Tuesday, I thought it was some sort of a bird or waterfowl. And yesterday, uh, it was a raven. And I th- originally thought it was some sort of a pig, perhaps a a wild boar or, uh, you know, perhaps your, your everyday farm pig. Well, I would have known if it was a farm pig or something like that. Pig or a wild boar. That's all I got. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. This texture says not only that, but how can the universal translator translate a language it's never heard or been programmed with before? I feel your frustration. That's an interesting question. I think they say that it, it just is so quick at picking up on 
another language. But that's a fair comment. These are all things we, we should have been able to ask Gene Roddenberry before he passed away. Maybe we can get Jonathan Frakes on the show. I, Jonathan Frakes is now a director. He directs uh, several episodes of, of Star Trek Discovery. For those of you who don't know, he played Riker on Star Trek The Next Generation. And if you don't know who Riker is, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to, what to say. What to say. Uh, the Big L says, Wow, Reed, you put a lot of thought into questions regarding Star Trek. I've just wondered how they can afford the insurance on those vessels. Well, it's in the future. In the future. Uh, This texter says, Wilkins, we already have real-time translation. You don't think in 200 years there'll be instantaneous, audible translation? That's why you're due sports. That's the exact reading of that text for that person who uh, is trying to insult my intelligence because I have chosen a career as a sports broadcaster, yet he or she writes, that's why you're do sports. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is excellent work by that texter. Thank you very much. 780-496-0063. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get to some uh, hockey news. What are we telling you that's new today? Well, apparently there were some discussions between the uh, National Hockey League and the Players Association today, but we do not have an announcement on any details for the next season. So we continue to wait. Pierre Lebrun, who's one of the top guys covering the National Hockey League, wrote this on Twitter a couple of hours ago. Ongoing contact between the NHL and NHLPA today, so the lines of communication remain open, but no major developments that I'm aware of. That is from uh, Pierre Lebrun. So, look, we know January 1st has pretty much fallen by the wayside. Maybe we're mid-January, later January, to actually start the National Hockey League season. Brian Burke, who's on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer every Thursday, really good guest, very entertaining, very informative. Uh, Bob asked him, is there a chance? Is there a chance that there won't even be a season? Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, this I've been following this with disbelief because none of the numbers make sense. And I've been saying this on this show now for six months, but basically since the pause. Right. You, you're, they're talking about a 20% cap on escrow when escrow is going to be closer to 50%. That's money the players will owe the owners to pay back going forward. So then they said, well, we'll defer 10%. Now they're talking about a 25% escrow, still not even close to what a 50-50 split would look like. And so I'm just sitting there going, well, the league's going to have to. They did this deal in March. They extended the CBA. It's a 50-50 split. The players are going to look at a much more serious rollback than 25% or even 30%. It's got to be closer to 45%. And, of course, no one likes that. I get it. But that's what it's going to be. Or they're going to owe six or $700 million to the owners after next season. It doesn't make any sense to me that they're talking about Band-Aids when there's there's major damage here. Like the, the Edmonton Oilers, their revenue is going to drop by, you know, 50%. Imagine no fans, no no sweet sales, none of that, or socially distanced fans. You have a fractional gate. So the, the, the numbers that are being tossed around make no sense to me. 
All right, a little bit there from Brian Burke, and we've we've talked about that that the players are they they want fifty fifty, but they want their contracts being honored, but the money simply isn't going to be there to give them what they've uh, what they signed for. If they're going to get fifty percent of the revenue because the revenue is going to drop dramatically. So Brian Burke said it that there's the possibility of there being no season, but as we've talked about a few times that. That's that's pretty costly for the league to go away, especially in some markets. Uh, Gary Bettman, we have some audio from uh, his talk yesterday at that sports leadership conference, and he had this to say about the Canadian border issue. We were able to get players using our protocols and dealing with the governments at all levels, federally, provincially, and in the cities in which we played. They were very satisfied going in with our protocols. We handled them, uh, mm-hmm. and I think our credibility is pretty high. Putting aside the issue is whether we can get our personnel exempt, there's still the issue of a quarantine. And so if you're playing a regular schedule of games, you can't quarantine players for 14 days as you're moving in and out of the country, which is why among the other issues that are going to impact a possible season is we literally would have to realign and create a situation where maybe the teams in Canada Maybe the teams in Canada only play each other and we have to realign the way all of our teams are playing competitively. When Gary Bettman is usually asked something specifically that he doesn't want to answer, he will try to deflect and say he isn't going to speculate or he'll clarify by saying, okay, I'm only going to answer this question because you're speculating, so I'll answer in the spirit of speculating. And that's what he's kind of done with the Canadian division question in the past, though we know it's being heavily talked about in the NHL. But he did say there, maybe we got to look at a situation where the uh, we only play in Canada, Canada versus Canada, once we get going. All right, well, we'll drop in a few more of those clips as we move along tonight. Alexis Lafreniere, the number one pick in the draft. Here's the statement from Hockey Canada. After ongoing discussions with the New York Rangers, Hockey Canada has been informed that Alexis Lafreniere will not be released to represent Canada at the 2021 IHF World Junior Championship in Edmonton. Although we are disappointed, Alexis will not be able to join our team for World Juniors. We understand and respect the decision made by the Rangers. So the dude that would have been the star on that team, certainly the big gun, one of the top offensive players, if not the best, will not play for Canada in the upcoming tournament. All right, 780-496-0063. Wow, we're getting a lot of texts on uh, Star Trek and the Universal Translator issue, which is Kind of encouraging, though I am slightly disappointed with you folks tonight. Nobody, and I don't, I don't know the answer because I, I think I watched one episode of the show. Nobody has told me the name of Scott Bakula's character on Enterprise. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll try to get you a canned ham if you can be the first one in. A big honor for an, an Edmontonian on the uh, on the national stage who's playing on the international stage. We'll get to that next. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Several people writing in that Scott Bakula played Captain Jonathan Archer 
on Enterprise, one person, who was it? Uh, was it Armswar, who says he later became an admiral after the series? Actually, the first person to write it in was the person whose uh, who's typo I was uh, mocking a little bit earlier on who also clarified that uh that he was uh he was he was not trying to belittle my career choice don't worry i i figured you were joking around as was i that's okay so there we go several people uh jonathan archer played by scott bacula on uh star trek enterprise didn't they have a vulcan on that series who was considered a bit of a bit of a sex symbol when it came out a, a female vulcan who was perhaps quite uh, alluring shall we say Somebody will know. Uh, this person writes in, uh, what's up with the double E? I didn't mind the last name and I'm Aboriginal, but my question is, where is Edmonton Empire in the running for the name? Sorry, Eagle is way down in my choice. What is your favorite from the list of top 10? Well, they said, I don't even remember the timing for when they said they were getting rid of the old name, but they did say that Empire was not going to be the next name, that that was an advertising slogan but it, it's not going to be the next name of the team. I have said I like Edmonton Express. Um, Edmonton Elks or Elks has grown on me a little bit. I think that, um, you know, there there might be a way for them to use Eagles or Golden Eagles or something like that. Um, but I, I think at this point for the double E football team, they're, they're, I, I'm sure I'm sure they have a list and they they know which ones they got a lot of submissions for, but but I think that they have to be pretty open minded. And look, we're still several weeks, if not you know maybe about two or three months away from actually knowing the new name. But uh, it, it will. They did say it will it will not be Empire, though I suppose they could they could circle back and change their name. But I'm pretty sure Chris Presson said that at the time. But thank you for that text. I, I do appreciate it. I also want to let you know. That the Edmontonian, the soccer sensation, Alfonso Davies, is Canada's men's soccer player of the year. Still only 20 years old. Now on the world stage, helping Bayern Munich fill its trophy case in a remarkable 2020. Davies says he and his fellow Canadians are looking forward to getting back in action on the international scene next year. New season coming out 2021. Um, I think they have, all the boys are just excited to you know be back with the team. Um, we have, you know, the Gold Cup coming up, the qualification for the 2022 World Cup. And we're all excited about that. Um, I think it's been almost a year since we haven't, you know, seen, seen each other. Um, so we're all excited. We're all getting ready to, you know, put on a performance for, for 2021. Great story. I, I was... I was mentioning uh, it was a few weeks ago when Bayern Munich, uh, I can't remember if it was when they won Champions League, but they won one of their trophies. And, and I got a buddy, uh, used to live here, now he's in Victoria. And he's one of those guys, and I'm a little bit like this, but my friend is even further. He, he likes making lists. He likes ranking everything. And he texts me and he says, is Alfonso Davies the best soccer player in Canadian history? And of course, we're talking about men's soccer players because no doubt on the female side, it's Christine Sinclair. And I said, well, it's, it's too early in his career. And he said, well, he's done this, this, and this. And I said, yes, but it's just my nature that when someone's 20, I'm reluctant to call them already the best. He's clearly on that path. I think in three or four years, it, it'll be no contest, especially if he helps Canada actually qualify for a World Cup and, and win a few games internationally. Uh, and it's cool. He has ties to Edmonton, you know, was uh, in the FC Edmonton Academy and then went to the Vancouver Whitecaps. So 
I, I, I'm reluctant to like, to me, that would have been saying that like an NHL player after three years is the greatest player in league history. I, I really, well, I guess in Canadian soccer for men, there's not a lot of competition, but I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that about Davies yet, but he's clearly on the path to become that. But I mean, what if he, you know, gets an injury and can't keep playing? Do you, can you give him that honor based on a couple of years? I, I personally couldn't. Uh, the, the Vulcan, uh, the Vulcan character on Enterprise, uh, to Paul. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Played by Jolene Blaylock. Several people texting in. A couple people have texted in photos of her. I'm not sure what other hosts are going to think when they when they log in and see during Inside Sports. There were uh, there were somewhat um, revealing pictures of an actress being texted into Inside Sports. Maybe, maybe cool off on those guys. I can, I can look up the photos myself. <laughs> we, we will get to Matthew Barnaby when we get back. Bob Stoffer and the quiz for Stoffers between 7 and 7.30. Hope you're enjoying the show. Talk to you in a few minutes. Excited about the quiz for Stoffer coming up a little bit later on. Oilers notes today: Philip Broberg named to the preliminary roster for the Swedish World Junior Team. I would think he's a very good bet to make that. Matthew Savoy, draft pick, scores his first NCAA goal in his debut with Denver University. Raphael Lavoie playing in Europe scores his fourth goal in as many games and Joachim Nygaard who battled injuries with the Oilers last season and in Sweden this year has a goal and an assist in Swedish Hockey League action thanks to Tony Brar, who's uh, the Oilers TV reporter for uh, summarizing that in a uh, tweet today. Tony's a good follow on Twitter to stay up to date on the Oilers as well. Uh, 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch. So uh, reports today that several NHL teams have told the NHL that they're looking into playing outdoor games in the upcoming theoretical season. The Bruins, Kings, Ducks, and Pittsburgh reportedly telling the NHL that they're looking into this. Uh, Possibly Carolina, Dallas, and Nashville also interested in playing multiple outdoor games. Now remember the Winter Classic, always on New Year's Day, has been postponed. The Hurricanes still scheduled to play a stadium a stadium series game at North Carolina State's football stadium. So they could see if they still work that in. Um, so there we go. And this could be a way to get some fans into the stadium if the games are played outdoors and maybe it's not full and you have distance between the fans, just like we've seen some NFL facilities uh, have fans along the way. So maybe, maybe outdoor hockey in the NHL once we finally get going. Now you got to remember when we're talking about games in California, that's one of the uh, jurisdictions to watch in the United States because they've been one of the most restrictive states when it comes to the reaction to COVID-19. The San Francisco 49ers have had to move to Arizona from Santa Clara County, for example, because uh, they're not even allowed to play games in the state of California. So anyway, we, we know it's an evolving story and we know there's nothing official, but from the NHL right now, 
but some teams are saying, hey, maybe there's a way to play outdoor games, create a little bit of hype, get some fans into a football, baseball stadium or wherever. I think for Boston, they'd be looking at Fenway Park. So that's another thing to, to keep, uh, keep in mind here as we move through this. Uh, this texture says the two captains you're missing from Star Trek uh, are, are Saru from Discovery and Freeman from Lower Decks. Okay, fair enough. Oh, and then they added Rios from Star Trek Picard. I watched that Star Trek Picard. It was okay. Kind of got a little funky in the end. Yes, uh, Saru is the, is the captain on Discovery. And who was it in the first year? Was it Lorca, the guy that turned out to be from another dimension? Oh, I just spoiled it if you haven't watched it. If, if you like science fiction, you should watch Star Trek Discovery. 780-496-0063. Jeff says, hi, Reed. I cannot stand how pigeonholed we are by attempting to retain the double E. I wish folks would let it go already. All the E names are brutal and forced. Call the team something that starts with a different letter. Pay the money to fully rebrand instead of desperately trying to half measure it. I'd like the team and the fans and the media to all move on with a completely new name, logo, and branding. That is from Jeff. Well, Jeff, uh, I hear what you're saying. Obviously, the team's not to decide to go in that direction, and, and I'm sure you can understand. I mean, you're saying th that you want fans to go with new branding. I heard from a lot of people. I've heard from people like you. I've heard from other people who wanted to keep the double E and who wanted to keep the green and gold. I'm in the media. I wanted to keep the double E and the green and gold was my preference. I, I don't know how other media felt. I don't know if the team really cared what I had to say about it. Um, yeah. I mean, is, is, is it a missed opportunity or, or are they, or, or are they hanging on to the tra tradition that they have? That's, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, I, I think here, Jeff, I can only tell you how I feel about it. And if you listened over the summer, this, this was a tough topic for me and it was personal for a lot of people. Um, I just felt like there was enough good things about the identity of the team that I wanted to see those things stay. The green and gold color scheme is unique in the CFL and relatively unique in the world of sports. We happen to have two green and gold teams right here in Edmonton when you factor in all the U of A teams. And we're going to have football coach Chris Morris on the show a little bit later on. Um, I'm trying to think in, in major pro sports of uh, the Oakland A's are kind of the green and gold, green and yellow type colors. Green Bay obviously looks similar. Um, I can't think of anybody in, in hockey that would be, I guess the minute, the old Minnesota North stars kind of would have been like that. So uh, yeah, I, uh, Jeff, I understand what you're saying. I, I just think that, I mean, here's the thing. No matter what they did, people are going to be mad. And when they pick a new name on a show like this, I'm probably only going to hear from the people who don't like it. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't have reached out, Jeff, because of course you can. And I totally respect what you're saying. But I think if if they would have done what you wanted, I'd have, you know, alternate universe Jeff texting in saying, oh, great, not only we're we losing the name, we're using, we're losing the green and gold, we're, we're losing the double E, so now I can't even wear my shirts that don't have the, the old name on them. 780-496-0063 to call as well. We have Mike standing by. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Quite well. Good, good. So I just wanted to hear, or I heard, that Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames may be playing on Lake Louise. I want to see if you heard of that. Is that a rumor, or did you hear anything about that? Uh, yeah, that's not happening. I heard that uh, that first surfaced, oh heck, maybe even a couple of months ago. 
but yeah, that, so uh, that the last I heard that that would not happen. It's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, at, at, at the last, I just quickly Googled something here. Yeah, late October, it was reported that um, it wasn't going to work because of uh, just the possibility, like hotel limitations. Could they get a crowd out there? Now, look, it doesn't mean maybe it doesn't come up again someday, but that's certainly not at the forefront of discussions for the upcoming season. Would you like to see a game oh. there, though? I, I would I would love to see a game there. Yeah, I think I mean I don't know how they would do it with well, obviously with the COVID thing they would have any fans because I mean I don't know how they get with bleachers out there. But I mean, I mean they're pretty creative. But I think that would be that would be, that would be unbelievable if they can pull something like that off. Well, it would be, be quite be. a scene. Yeah, it would be quite a scene. Um, and maybe someday they'll be able to do it. I mean, you probably heard me talking about the other cities in in uh, the NHL that would like to get outdoor games and maybe that would allow them to get some fans in i just think look mike they got to pick a start date for the season and they got to organize training camp and i i don't i can't see it being january 1st at this point i mean it's december 3rd already yeah i can't you know i can't see that i heard i was listening to bob today earlier i think they were saying maybe if it's going to happen february 1st but if not i mean i would hate to see another lockout or lost season man that would that would honestly just I don't know. I think it'd be just devastating well, for the NHL. Well, it, it would. It would be. It wouldn't. It would obviously be really bad. Um, you know, and like we've been saying, I, I realize the players are reluctant to take seventy, sixty percent of what they were promised. But if yeah. they get nothing, it's you know, one hundred percent of nothing is nothing. And I yeah. think I, you know, this it's it's a horrible time for humanity. And yeah. sports is a distraction. I mean, it's nice to turn on a game for two and a half hours and just yeah. watch the game and you're not watching the news and you're not checking your Twitter for COVID numbers or people squabbling yeah. about masks. You can just like, yeah. that, that's what I've, I, you know, I love the NFL anyway, but that's what I like about NFL Sundays. I tune into yeah. the tube. I, you know, follow my crappy fantasy teams and that's, <laughs> it gets my mind off other <laughs> stuff. Yeah, no, it's it just, like I said, I just, I mean, I think the only way, I mean, I think just if the NH, if they do have a lockout, I mean, I think maybe people might be a little bit more forgiving because it's such a different time right now. So, um, but you, I, like it's like kind of like what you say. You just you want something just to get your mind off this COVID, 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 right? So, and like you said, I'm not. I like I like the CFL, not much of the, the NFL, but I mean, I I get it. People like the NFL, but uh, yeah. All right, yeah. thanks, on buddy. On Appreciate on it. Another note. Oh sure. Note, can I bug? You? Okay, so you probably don't know. Obviously, you don't know me, but I. So I advertise with you guys. So I'm, I'm actually the, the, the Mr. Mike Steakhouse Casual. I'm not the Mr. Mike, but I am the... So you stole me lunch. Me, you, and Chantal are going to go for lunch one of these days. And uh, I've been meaning to call you and bug you, and I don't mean to do it on air, but... Uh. No, it's okay. I, I, I think that we had uh, something planned back in February or March to try to get together. <laughs> so yes. I do want to yes, meet you guys, gonna too. We're going to do that, Reed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure you do that, and I don't mean to do that in there, but... Uh, yeah. No, that's, so let's get I'm glad you brought that up, but thank you get some sports going, my man. Yeah, thanks for being part of the show as well. That's uh, Mike from Mr. Mike's, though he says he's not the Mike, but his name is Mike. I was uh, I was happy to hear from him. <coughs> Sorry for the cough there. 6.43, we're going to take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad.
this person would like to know the name of the song that was played before we last came on. Was was that not Turn Up the Radio by Autograph at the bottom of the hour? It was, yeah, at uh, 6.32. All right, that was uh, Turn Up the Radio by Autograph. Is that Autograph with an F at the end or with a PH? A PH. All right, Turn Up the Radio. I don't know what year that was, 85-ish maybe? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. <laughs> we'll just say it was 85. Mid-80s. Is anybody going to... Of all the things people could fact check on the show tonight, probably not the year Turn Up the Radio came off. Uh <laughs> Former D-man Mark says uh, the double E is the tradition and we will be going forward with it. He says, I don't give a damn about people who think Edmonton Empire has connotations of colonialism. People that uh, get offended by this will be offended by anything and everything. All right. Mark wants to keep the uh, double E. Another texter says, uh, yes, we must keep the double E. Tyler says, I couldn't agree, agree more with Jeff. They're struggling to get young fans interested in the game. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to create something completely new and modern, something colorful, exciting, that will please the past but appeal to the future. It will also be a marketing home run, generating great interest in the city, the CFL, and raising much-needed revenue for the team. I really think they are missing out on uh, a huge opportunity. So, uh some some notes each way about thoughts of keeping the double E logo and uh, the green and gold colors. Well, I guess there's a, there's a, there are a bunch of ways to look at it. So we we know the name is changing. So that so that's happening. So do you keep the colors and the logo? Do you keep just the colors but not the logo, or do you keep just the logo but not the colors? Like, I mean, there's a bunch of different combinations that they could go with. And even okay, here's another thing I want everybody to remember. Because I think that the, the football team is, is trying to be open to everything. Does the double E, they, they, uh, now maybe I'm splitting hairs here. And, and correct me if I, if I maybe have missed something that is said along the way, but I don't think I have because, I mean, I've been following this story, obviously. The double E, they have said they are keeping. They have not said that I can remember precisely that it's going to be the primary logo. So think about that. They have said they are keeping the double E. Does that necessarily mean it has to be the primary mark for the team and has to be what is on the helmets? For example, what if they, what if they're called the golden Eagles? So you have gold in the team name. Gold is one of the colors does it have to be the double E on the helmet because it's golden Eagles? Do you, do you put an Eagle or a bird on the helmet and you keep the double E as a, as a secondary logo? Maybe it's on the sleeves or it's not on the helmet or it's on some of the merchandise, but it's not, it's not the main logo. Just, just keep that in mind. I think there are a few different ways they could go with this. You know, they've, they said they're keeping the double E. I, I don't think they've ever come out and said the double E will still be what's depicted on the helmet. So, so keep that in mind. Sorry, who do we have on hold? Chris. Chris is on the line. Go ahead. You're on with Reed. Hi, Reed. How are you tonight? Good. Okay, I have the perfect name. I was looking through my Webster's Dictionary, and it's a verb, and it means to skillfully adapt. Skillfully adapt. That's what all of us Edmontonians have to do in wintertime, right? True. And, and uh, the thing of it is, is I would like an, an intelligent name. You know, I, I just 
something explosion and stuff sounds a little XFL to me. <laughs> the, the word is engineer. You engineer your way out of the driveway. You engineer your way to work at 40 below. And engineers, I mean, the shirts, I'm an Edmonton engineer. And you could have atomic engineers, petroleum engineers, industrial engineers. And, I mean, and let's face it, with Nate and U of A, you can't swing a dead cat in Edmonton without hitting an engineer, right? Well, absolutely. And I think that's the third favorite sport in Edmonton is dead cat swinging. Did you submit that formally to the team? Because I, I have had a couple people write that in, too, over the last week or so. Did you put that in on the website? Yes, sir, I did. Okay, I just good. wanted to give it a little time, and thank you very much. No, I appreciate that, Chris. But Edmonton engineers, you know, it's like touchdown engineers, right? Well, see, and that's another thing you have to remember, that there's the name and then you have to use it it in other, you you have to imagine Morley saying it. Somebody somebody texted me the other day about elk and he said, he said, I don't mind the name elk, but to me, touchdown elk sounds stupid. So... Look, they're no, not, they're not going to please. intelligent because you could have T-shirts with a little atomic, uh, you know, nucleus with some, you know, because there's atomic engineers and there's petroleum. I mean, there's a zillion different kinds of engineers here in, in Edmonton. Yeah. And like I say, and, and the, the real word of engineer means to skillfully adapt. And if you've ever watched the Patriots, Bill Belichick, he can really skillfully adapt at halftime. You know, <laughs> that's very true. Thanks <laughs> for you, that, Chris. OK, you take care. Will. That is uh, Chris, 780-496-0063. So th- here's my question to you. Would, you. would you be okay with the helmet on the logo not being the double E? Now, some people have already said they don't like the fact that they're, they're keeping the double E, but, but they're going to. But what if, I mean, what if they said, okay, the double E is going to be a secondary mark? It'll be on the sleeve of the jersey or it'll be, you know, like an alternate logo, like a secondary logo. That might be on some hats and stuff, but the actual uh, what's on the helmet is going to be something else. It'll be an elk. It'll be elk antlers. It'll be uh, an eagle. It'll be, like Chris said, the little atomic symbol for atomic engineers. It'll be, um, you know, some sort of a, a locomotive, like I've said, for Edmonton Express, or we can go on and on. Would that, for, for those of you who don't like that they're, they've stayed married to the EE, would that be somewhat of a compromise or would you be happy with, with new imaging? Just sort of a side thing to think about. I'm, I'm really just making this up as I go, guys. Like, I'm just, this is, this is, we're, just, we're just BSing right now. But, I, like, personally, I'm, I'm glad they're keeping the green and gold. I think, for me, that was a priority. And I'm not saying the uniforms have to look exactly the same and the stripes have to be exactly the same. But I think the the... The colors mean something. People identify with the team colors. Most teams, even when they change their jerseys, don't change the the team colors. They might, you know, they might change how things look or or tweak things. But most teams, you know, I think it would be pretty rare that a team actually totally changes its colors. So, to me, that that's important. If they put something else on the helmet, I think I could live with that if it looked fine. You know, if it was if if it was exciting and easy to like a bold sort of logo that was easy to identify, then it doesn't have to be the double E. You could still use the double E in other circumstances. Anyway, Ken says, "Hey, Reed Enterprise, which featured Captain Jonathan Archer, 
The fourth and final season is worth watching. The series takes place 100 years before Kirk and Spock. And the final season had origin stories of many of the characters of the original series in The Next Generation. We finally got the explanation for the smooth-headed Klingons who populated the original series and tied it in with Khan. That is from Ken. Ken, I appreciate the Star Trek knowledge. That is pretty good. James says, further to Chris's call, you engineer a touchdown drive. Oh, there we go. Good call by Chris. Well, a guy with a lot of knowledge. I don't know if he has a lot of Star Trek knowledge, but he has a lot of sports knowledge, and we're going to hit him up with a quiz for Stoffer and other things when we get back inside sports on Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.